0: We do not spend really any money on marketing, Facebook boosts or posts or things like that. We depend on our audience to be our organic distribution channel. We're always user-centered in the content that we're creating. So she's sharing our content because we've emotionally connected with her. And she therefore shares that with others in her community, which has been the fuel behind Motherly.
1: Hello and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter.
2: Hello and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast. I'm your host, Katrina McCarter. Today on the show, we've got an exciting guest. I am talking to the co-founder of one of the largest online communities of mothers in the world. We speak with Jill Koziol, who is the co-founder of Motherly, and we are going to get deep in insights in learning about the state of motherhood report that Motherly puts together. I found this a really important piece of research. It's going to provide great insights for brands and business owners. So sit back and enjoy over the next 25 minutes. Our guest today is Jill Koziol, the CEO of Motherly, an online platform for mothers, perhaps the biggest in the world. I wanted to welcome you to the show, Jill. Thank you so much.
0: It's really wonderful to be here talking with you.
2: Uh, Look, firstly, I just want to say congratulations on the enormous success of Motherly. You have more than 30 million monthly views. I know that I'm one of those uh, monthly views every month. So you're clearly doing some incredibly great things. For our listeners, can you please share with us what Motherly is and why you think it needs to exist?
0: Absolutely. Motherly is a lifestyle parenting brand that is redefining motherhood with and for our audience, those 30 million viewers that we have per month. My co founder, Liz Tenney, and I founded Motherly about four years ago because it simply didn't exist. We are millennial mothers ourselves, and we felt as though media and brands and commerce, you know, nothing was really reflecting our. Experience of motherhood back to us and that there was a real white space. And we felt that it really started with content specifically because the content that was being pushed to us from the media and from experts really felt outdated and antiquated. It felt like it was feeding into these mommy wars that our generation was trying to move past. It felt like it wasn't being presented in ways that were mobile-friendly for digital natives like ourselves. And that ultimately really what distinguishes motherly is that we are woman centered, not baby centered. And we felt like so often once a woman becomes a mother, the world has just forgotten about her and who she is. And so for us, motherly is shows that motherhood is an opportunity to nurture, not lose your true sense of self. And so that's why we founded it.
2: Oh, that is such a perfect response, Jill. We actually have found in our research that mothers want to be treated as women first, mothers second. We constantly hear look, motherhood's important to me, but it's not all of me, and I just want to be reflected for the multidimensional woman that I am. And that's really what I see you, you catering for. One of the questions I wanted to know, or that perhaps I'm curious about, is that Liz, your co founder, lives on the East Coast, and I know you're based on the west coast of the US. I'm curious as to how did the business come together? Uh, great question. Liz and I ha- led parallel lives for a very
0: long time. Both of our husbands went to the Naval Academy in, in Annapolis, Maryland. We both went to Georgetown, her for undergrad, me for graduate school at the same time. We then both worked in the Washington DC area at the same time. We had children within months of one another. We were married while our husbands were serving, you know, abroad in the Navy, all of these things in parallel without ever meeting. We finally came together when both of our husbands were admitted to the Stanford Graduate School of Business. And we both found ourselves, you know, going across across the country over here to California. And so we met there briefly, really. Um, we only had one year of overlap. And frankly, we were both really busy working moms to young children. So we didn't spend a lot of time together. We lived off campus and she lived on campus. And so our paths didn't cross too much. Then my husband and I, with our then two daughters, moved to Manhattan for his first job at a business school. And it was about nine months into that experience that Liz gave me a call uh, where she sent me an email, which developed into a phone call. She had been working at the Washington Post for some time and was quite successful there, but really feeling this, this drive and this need to be entrepreneurial. And every time she talked about the parenting space while on Stanford's campus, people said, Oh, you should talk to Jill Koziel. You know, she's been working in this area for at least a couple of years. And that's because I had invented, patented, and brought to market a baby goods product that converts regular playground swings to toddler swings. And so I had been, you know, marketing to moms. And so she gave me a call and I had just exited my other business. And right around that time, I just was kind of thinking of what was next for me. I planned to take a bit of a break, but I, everything Liz said just so resonated with me and the white space that she was seeing in content I really felt existed in community and in commerce as well. And so we just, you know, took our our superpowers and united to solve this problem for ourselves and, and for moms around the world.
2: What a great story. I absolutely loved hearing that. Thanks for sharing, Jill. One of the questions that I was really keen to talk to you about is that I've observed that brands and business owners, you know, many are trying to create these large and engaged communities, but they fail at it. We see catching mum's attention and actually retaining her attention. It's no mean feat. It's really quite difficult. You are clearly doing something right with more than you know these thirty million monthly views. I've been on your Facebook page and seen that you have almost one point eight million fans. What do you believe are the critical elements which have allowed Motherly to achieve such an engaged and ever-growing community?
0: Well, first, just thank you for validating. It is hard.
2: (laughs) It is. It's very hard. I've done this before in my previous business, and I know it is really difficult to build a community and keep them engaged.
0: Absolutely. You know, Liz and I, when I mentioned those superpowers, I would be remiss to not say that her superpower is digital content strategy. Liz is, is really a genius at that. And she also, she just, she speaks mom. She really, you know, we're both millennial moms ourselves. And in fact, she just had her fourth baby. So we have six children between us that are, you know, under the age of eight right now. So we know our audience um, and we know kind of the pain points that she has on this journey. But there are really three things that make us very distinctive and why we founded Motherly that are, we believe, kind of the key to why we've been able to build such an engaged community. And that is that we are woman-centered, as we already discussed. So we're we're speaking to the woman and the multidimensional aspects of her life. We are also expert-driven. We are not really like a user-generated platform for content. We're really being expert-driven and really appealing to this very educated woman that this generation is. And then we're also empowering and supportive we're non-judgmental you know that concept of empowerment is really important because this is this is the thing that we all want to do best in our lives and there are so many different platforms out there that are giving mom an opportunity to vent but that are not making her feel like she's got this at the end of the day and so for us we've been woman-centered expert driven and empowering and that has really that combination for us has been very important but the critical elements on how we've done that is that we emotionally connect with our audience in a way that makes her feel seen and that drives her to share our content we actually do not spend really any money on marketing on you know facebook boosts or posts or things like that we actually depend on our our audience to be our organic distribution channel and that means that we're always user centered in the content that we're creating And doing that within our brand guidelines of that woman-centered, expert-driven, and empowering. So she's sharing our content because we've emotionally connected with her. We've made her feel seen. And she, therefore, shares that with others in her community, which has been really the, the fuel behind Motherly.
2: Really interesting, Jill. I'd love to share some feedback with you. Here in Australia, I very regularly see Motherly's content shared amongst online communities here in Australia and amongst mothers here in Australia. So that is being felt all over the world and not just in the US. So I love that you've got a really clear strategy on your, on your community. So congratulations. Thank
0: you. You know, actually, well, I'm going double down on one thing with that. So the other important thing to know is that Motherly, we were not building a media company. We were always, from the very beginning, building a brand. And so we've been incredibly thoughtful and purposeful about what that would look like. And that meant that those guardrails that you establish around a brand have really guided our, our everyday work in the content as a media platform. And now as we move into commerce as well. Fantastic.
2: Before we continue with the podcast episode, I want to tell you about our podcast sponsor, Cooperate. Cooperate is a powerful marketing technology platform that allows marketers to visualize your brand's customer journey, deliver great content at each stage of that journey, and see how it all performs, all managed from one centralized location cooperate has been built by marketers for marketers i've actually had the opportunity to see the platform in action and i genuinely think it's worth taking a look at if you're a marketer managing large brands which want to attract more moms now let's head back to the podcast Jill, something that really piqued my interest uh, that I've seen Motherly do over the past couple of years, and it's, it's the key reason I really wanted to interview you for the show, is I wanted to talk about your annual state of motherhood survey. I know that this is now in its second year, and I see this as a really extensive and a very important piece of research internationally. It's something that I seek out every year, and it's actually something that I have quoted multiple times throughout my new book, The Mother of All Opportunities, which I'm launching in October. For our listeners, can you please tell us a little bit about the survey? I'd love them to understand just the size of how many people participated and what you were looking to find out. So this
0: Motherly's Annual
2: State of Motherhood Survey
0: is is really at the key of our mission for us. You know, We are here to be the voice of the millennial mom from around the world, ultimately. And so it was really important to us that we do the really hard work to make sure that we understood this mom, uh, that we understood this woman. And so this year's survey we conducted online from March 28th to April 11th, and it was answered by nearly 7,000 women. And it offers really compelling insights into the attitudes, behaviors, identities, and lifestyle of millennial mothers, which happen to be the most highly educated, uh, first digitally native generation of women to become mothers. But we didn't stop there. We actually ran the data through a statistical analysis firm to weigh all of the data to align with U.S. census demographic data to ensure that the results are statistically significant and that they are an accurate representation of today's millennial mother. This was important for us because this is original source data. We wanted it to be quoted, and we wanted this to be something that, that women could, could feel as though could speak on their behalf, and that we had to do the hard work to make that happen, not by just getting like a large sample size, but making sure that we were weighting it as well. And so it is the largest statistically significant study of U.S. millennial mothers.
2: Oh look, I found this research to be fantastic and I'm recommending to all brands that they need to download this and make sure that they're on the list for 2020 as well. I'd love to you to actually share with us a few of your key findings out of the State of Motherhood survey, please, Jill.
0: Absolutely. So to start with, you know, spoiler alert here, 85% of mothers don't think the society understands or supports women who are supporting the next generation. That is disappointing. That is up from last year, up more than 10%. That's an important one. And that and when they say society, that means brands, that means government, that means organizations and culture generally. That was one of our key findings and disappointing, but you know, one we kind of anticipated. The second is that spending time with their partners as well as their sex life are actually the top parent-related relationship tensions that exist. And we found it really interesting, too, that the pressure points of time to spent together and sex cut across all relationships in equal measure, regardless of the number of children and whether the woman was working outside of the home. So that was just to you know, know that these are real challenges that these women are facing in their partnerships, and which is really critical to, to the future success of families. The other key finding that I'd highlight is that over 50% of millennial women surveyed Reported that they've made a change to their work status since becoming a mother, mostly leaning more into family. So, a lot of what this woman is looking for is for the government to step it up with family friendly policies on leave and childcare. And they also want to see employers to be more understanding and offer flexible hours and part time work. So, those are some of the key findings that we found, really just helping people, again, government, policymakers, companies, and brands understand like, what is this woman struggling with?
2: Yeah, and so important for them to have that understanding. And, and I'm with you, that that initial statistic that you shared with us about mothers feeling unsupported is alarming. And I'm particularly alarmed at the increase just in 12 months of 10%. Like that, That's really quite significant. One of the things that I'm always telling my clients is that mum's behaviour is actually changing rapidly. We're about to release a study in Australia about millennial tech first mothers. And we've seen a significant shift in a relatively short space of time about what's keeping them awake at night, you know, what's their core worry. And I think that it's so important for brands to be seeking out that regular research. I'm curious to understand from your perspective, are there any significant changes in the state of motherhood report that you've found over the past 12 months?
0: So definitely the fact that 10% increase in the percentage of women that feel that society does not understand them and what they're facing as as women and mothers. So that was certainly a significant increase, as you said. We also found that this year, up another, you know, eight, nine percent, was the proportion of millennial moms saying that they that since becoming a parent that they are most strongly defined by their motherhood that's now up to 67%. So I think, you know, it's interesting that those both raised at the same time. Culturally, I believe when I kind of dig into this and what we see, you know, every day at Motherly, I think that women are starting to own their motherhood in a different way and be more comfortable with saying that, you know, I am all of these things, but it is the thing that most defines me at this moment. And because of that, I feel more emboldened to say that society is not supporting me in this incredibly important role. I believe that we are just starting to, a- around the world, really come to terms to the value of, of caregiving um, and how important that is. And in today's world, when so many women are working, I think that there's there's even more of a need to recognize that. So when we asked how, another another important one here in a shift is that when we asked how work impacts their parenting skills, more than half of moms say, that working has empowered or inspired them to be a better mother. And that holds true for working mothers of all backgrounds and both full and part-time. And they also felt 90% said that their work choices had helped set them up as a positive example for their children. And that was a shift from last year. So I think this is good to see that women are, are recognizing that there is value for them in the workplace, as well as valuing what their skills are at home. And basically what they've come down to say is like, we are not being supported because we are layering on these roles right
2: now. That's so interesting, Jill. And that's certainly something that I'm seeing here in my research in Australia as well. Mums are very clear about wanting to become more vocal about how unsupported they are and how dissatisfied they are, particularly we see with brands and how they're being perceived and depicted. So I'm seeing very, very similar outcomes here in Australia. With such a large engaged community, I know you possess a really deep knowledge about mothers and I really see you as a really strong voice for millennial mothers, particularly in the US, but all over the world. Was there anything in the 2019 State of Motherhood Survey which really surprised you or you know, even alarmed you? Yes, I'm sad to
0: say there was. There were really two points that jumped out to me that were really alarming to see this year. This year, to start, Motherly dove a little deeper into the impact of becoming a parent on mom's sex life. And what we found was alarming, and that is that nearly a third, 31% of millennial moms, shared that they had had sex postpartum before they were ready. And when we dug a bit deeper, we found that while many healthcare professionals suggest waiting six weeks to resume sexual activity... A lot of moms didn't feel ready until six months to a year. In fact, 40% said that they would have didn't really feel ready to resume that until six months to a year. And so this is really concerning because it's showing a disconnect between the pressures that healthcare providers and society are placing on mom and what she actually feels ready to do. So that was certainly one that was very alarming and, and surprising. The second is that so few millennial moms feel empowered by working. This generation of women is the most educated ever, They are the most educated cohort in the workforce right now, and yet they're not feeling empowered by their working. In fact, fewer than one in 10, only 9% said that they feel that becoming a mother has helped them in their career. And, you know, as, as a working mom myself, I find that so discouraging and alarming because I know what I have found is that I gained new superpowers when I became a mom. You know, women, when they become mothers, are natural innovators multitasking, the ability to context switch, all of these things that are valuable in motherhood also have immense value in the workplace. And so the fact that our our culture and our our business and governance structures are not really supporting this woman, that she feels empowered by working is very alarming.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
1: Your podcast host, Katrina McCarter has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers, and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. Fast track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon.
2: question I did want to ask you, with your insights here, how can brands better support mothers?
0: Oh, there are so many things um, that
2: they can do, honestly. I think that,
0: that most important is that a brand get out from behind themselves and go and talk to your customer. You know, understand her pain points, understand the deep drivers for her behavior. You know, for example, in the United States, and I believe that this holds true across most of the developing world, This generation of women that are becoming parents right now, this is the first generation that is digitally native that's becoming a parent. This is the first generation in which women, at least in the United States, are more educated than men. And this is also in the U.S. at least the first time in history that the majority of births in this country are of minorities, And so you've got a digitally native, highly educated and highly diverse generation right now. And so I think it's really important that what brands do to support mothers is to actually get out and talk to her, understand her. I don't feel like that's done enough. And this woman, as you said, like she is comfortable speaking about what her needs are and is getting more and more comfortable with having her voice be heard. So you just have to listen.
2: Mm, I think that is such good advice. You are speaking my language, Jill. Listen, we've actually got, got a large number of marketers from Australia and the US who tune into our show each fortnight. I wanted to ask from your perspective, what do you believe that brands are actually getting wrong in their communications with mothers? You know, what are some of their classic mistakes that you observe? brands making which you think that they should be avoiding
0: again those this is a digitally native generation and so many brands are legacy brands and I think the classic mistake is not meeting mom today's mom where she is and that means not creating a mobile first, digitally native experience for her, understanding that she's on her phone on one hand while she's trying to do all the other things in her life. And so I think one of the most classic mistakes is just not actually evolving your brand and how you talk to this woman in a way that she actually, it feels conversational. So that would be the first. The second is that this, this, this woman demands authenticity. In this kind of social first world, um, she's used to... To quick apologies and you know, quick acknowledgement of things that went wrong. And she's used to kind of a level of authenticity where things are not as polished as they were before. And so brands that try to stay too polished and you know, wait too long to respond to any challenges, I think really sets a
2: bad tone for today's mom. And so those are some of the classic mistakes that we're seeing with brands. Mm, interesting no I appreciate you sharing your perspective just following on from that you know what are three tips that you would give them if they wanted to attract more mothers to their brand so
0: The first I'd say
2: follows with here, actually, you know, your listeners are listening to a podcast
0: right now. I would say that audio is growing dramatically. And so ensuring that you are not missing out on that important opportunity to speak to mom through podcast sponsorships and through, you know, Motherly has a podcast, but through that, as well as having your own and, and putting your leaders on these podcasts also like getting out there and, and being there, it's a highly engaged opportunity to work with a brand. And so I think Really making sure that if you want to attract mothers to your brand, you know, make sure you're giving audio a, a listen, uh, pardon the pun. The second would be that micro-influencers are increasingly powerful. And so not just focusing on celebrities that are really personality-driven, but to also look at those micro-influencers. This woman is going to other other women in her life for recommendations related to parenthood. And so the smaller influencers that have less followers, but deep engagement, I think is really important. And then lastly, you know, back to that emotional connection and authenticity, I think making sure that you're focusing authentic messages that are emotionally connecting with mom and that are helping her see that you as a brand see her and that you can connect with her in some way.
2: Well, they're great tips, Jill. Uh, Certainly on the audio, I just wanted to chip in and just say that what I love about audio in Reaching Mothers is that it doesn't have the clutter that so many other mediums do. It's a great opportunity to really hold mum's attention for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. So for listeners there, uh, I would really be looking to explore audio if you're not already. Now, Motherly has diversified into launching a book, and a podcast, which you just mentioned in the past year or so, what's next on the horizon? So we've said, or I've shared that we've always envisioned being a brand. We're
0: a lifestyle parenting brand, and and we want to sit at the intersection of content, community, and commerce. And so to your point, the first three years, we really focused on connecting with mom and building a relationship with her. And this year, we have started to deepen that intimacy with her through offline connections. And so we, we did launch our first book and the motherly podcast. We also started motherly IRL motherly in real life with events where we're connecting with mom in real life starting this year in New York and starting to go across the country across the United States and hopefully internationally starting next year. We also have started, as we dip our toe into commerce, with product collaborations. I'm super excited about the product collaboration that we have with Ingenuity to develop a breastfeeding pillow and pregnancy pillow that have actually just launched and are now available at Walmart and soon to be Amazon. We also have a collection and a collaboration with M.M. LaFleur around postpartum workwear that will be launching in September Uh, later this month. We're also in design and development process for a nursery furniture line. And our next book, which I am super excited about, The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, will hit bookshelves in April.
2: Wow, you have a lot on the horizon, Jill mom has a lot of needs so we have a lot of things to do to fill
0: those needs for her
2: wow you do and i love that irl the events because something that i speak about in my new book is that importance of that experiential marketing and the uh mom wants mom still wants that human to human interaction so uh if you're she's so crazy absolutely totally agree with you yeah look and if you're coming out to australia i would love to see how i can be involved and assist you Great. And if people wanted to learn more about you or your co-founder Liz or actually join the Motherly community and keep up with what's happening with these IRL events, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So,
0: definitely motherly. Sorry, mother.ly. So, definitely going to the website and you can sign up and subscribe for our newsletters there. We're also on Instagram and on Facebook. I mean, really, if you just search Motherly, you will find us. And I still check our main email account. So if you have feedback or ideas or partnerships, you can send something to hello at mother.ly. We're just a click away, really.
2: That is fantastic. And for everyone listening, we will ensure that all of those links are easily available for you in the show notes as well. And finally, uh, Jill, I really wanted to ask, how can people sign up for the State of Motherhood report so that they can receive it in 2020? Great question. So
0: this is something that we really do go to our community for, to both complete the survey and then sharing the results for it. And so you can sign up for Motherly's email newsletters at mother.ly slash subscribe and you'll definitely be in the know um, and a motherly insider for really anything that we're doing. And as we share more information and, and trendy news about that's important in this space, as well as, you know, if you happen to be a parent yourself, great right, updates on on motherhood
2: for you. Fantastic. Uh, That's wonderful. Again, we will make sure that that link is in our show notes as well. Jill, can I just say thank you? It has been an absolute pleasure interviewing you and finding out more about the state of motherhood. I think you've got some incredible insights and expertise that you've been able to share with our listeners today. Thank you for being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. The work
0: that you're doing is incredibly important. and. You know, it's there's so many things that this woman needs right now and for the ability for her to feel more understood by brands, by governments, by companies, all of this is incredibly important work. So thank you for what you're doing.
2: Thank you, Jill. Wasn't Jill insightful. Now, for our listeners, I really want to challenge you to review the State of Motherhood 2019 report in some detail. I'll make sure that I put the link in the show notes so you've got easy access. I really believe that this is an important piece of work which provides deep insights into not just American mothers but these findings are really consistent with what I'm seeing in my Australian research too and that's why I've quoted it so extensively in my upcoming book, The Mother of All Opportunities. After reading it, I want you to consider how you can apply these findings into better supporting mothers and creating deeper relationships with the mothers in your community. Mothers across the world will thank you for it. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.